Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Are you ready? This feels weird. I know. You're listening to Nerdette Recaps Game of Thrones with Peter Sagal. I'm Greta Johnson. And I'm Trisha Bobita. And we are joined by our friend Peter Sagal. One last time. <laughs> Let's teach him how to say goodbye. <laughs> From the hit musical Hamilton. Oh, exactly. Which you should check Dear. out, kids, if you haven't yet. Okay, so today we are rehashing Season 8, Episode 6, which is maybe not so creatively titled The Iron Throne. Yes. And is the last episode of all the episodes ever. Yeah. No more episodes. They're all done. If you wanted more, you're out of luck because there are no more episodes. Yeah. So can we start with another amazing voicemail montage that our producer Justin Bull created because he's brilliant? Hello. My name is Lacey in Montana, and I actually know Greta from Fairbanks Media. We spent some time at the wall together, you could say. G'day there. It's Rob here in Sydney, Australia. Longtime listener, first time caller. Oh, it's recording. Hi, Nerdette. It's Lauren. I'm calling from Atlanta. Hi. Hi, it's Gary here. Barbara. What's up, Nerdette Nation? This is Pam from Nebraska. I'm whispering because I don't want my husband to hear me. It's not that, you know, he's bad or anything like that, but oh, it'll be a ton of questions and I just don't want to deal with them. But anyway. Just finished the finale and the only word I have to describe it is whelmed. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not underwhelmed. I'm just whelmed. I just have to ask, why is John? That's it. Just, why is John? The lack of internal logic or even real-world logic within this episode just blew me away. And they lived happily ever after WTF. What's the point of Bran? Just like that, huh? Just like that. Bran? No, give John the shaft, give it to Bran. You know who won? Tyrion. Tyrion won. So, when I started the show tonight, I was fully expecting to hate it. Like, with the fire of 10,000 suns, because the last two episodes were such giant, steaming turds. I love the finale. I'm probably the only person on the planet who did, but I like a good ending and it was i was actually pretty satisfied with the ending but i was so glad that he shot the fire at the iron throne instead of john and without overthinking it too much i enjoyed the hell out of this episode john's fate was a little weird but as greta and i know the wall isn't such a bad place this was the most non-offensive ending ever could have been worse surprised it wasn't it was okay i'm fine (laughs) I'm fine with most of it, but come on. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. It was fine. I guess it made sense on some levels. The North is pretty parochial. But on other levels, the North not wanting to play ball with the new regime, it kind of looked like more like Sansa was like, no, I still want to be queen. We're get- I'm going to be queen. <laughs> Let me be queen. <sighs> I guess I liked it. I want to just say real quickly from all of us fans of Nerdette Recaps, don't go! Don't go! Please don't go! So, that's what we're feeling. Thanks, y'all. We love your show. Thanks for your podcast. I really enjoy you guys. (laughs) Oh, Nerdettes and Peter. Bye. Bye. (laughs) So Justin Bull, 
You put that together since last night? We got about 50 voicemails. That I waited is, through him, sent him a pile, and he made that. That is amazing. Isn't it great? That is amazing. I would like to give Justin an Emmy for that. <laughs> and also Emmys for yep, yep. podcast sound montage. Yeah, yep. turns out Trisha has Emmy giving power. Yeah, who knew? And also, <laughs> I would just like to point out that that was about forty percent more dialogue than was in last night's episode. True. <laughs> That's what I point okay. out. The woman who said she really enjoyed ending sounded like she just had one. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So before we get started, I would like to propose that as best we can, we stick to discussing just this episode right. because we actually have one more recap episode scheduled. And that is going to come out next Tuesday. And that, I feel like, is when we can really talk about not only season eight as a whole and how we feel about, like, the big stuff, but also, you know, the entire freaking series and what could be next and, like, the spinoffs and, like, if there will ever be books and all that good stuff. Right. So as much as we can, okay, let's stick to The Iron Throne. The Iron Throne. Do you that's think we fine. need an emotional check-in? Because that's what that montage Probably. was. Wasn't how it? are you guys? How are you feeling today? I'm really sad. Okay. Are you? Yeah, yeah, you seemed pretty disappointed in your uh, text to me last night that just said UG in all caps. And then sigh. Yeah. UG sigh. Why did you UG sigh? Um, I think in the light of day this morning, I am still sad. And not because I was disappointed by this episode, but because I don't like it when things end. <laughs> and I'm having sort of like like a very existential crisis a little bit about the fact that I just realized it's not that I didn't like the ending. I don't like endings. Yeah. So. Oh, oh, that kind of breaks my heart, oh, yeah. Trisha. Because I want to just keep hanging out with these characters and keep yeah. hanging out with nerds on the internet talking about them and yeah. all of that. So now we have to find a new thing. But I like Greta's plan of not thinking too hard about the fact that it's the end yeah, everything. let's yeah. just discuss this, this so I'll episode. Compartmentalize yeah. My, yeah, let's not think let's about save the tears for Tuesday. Let's not think about anything too hard. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good let's idea. Just, let's yeah. just sit here and I feel smile like that, I feel like that makes is very good radio for the to finale. Sit quietly, <laughs> just sit quietly. I have I have a happy thing to cheer you up. According to all available evidence, which is all we'll ever get, Serial Pharrell is still alive. Huh. I've decided. They didn't indicate one way or another. It's true. It's, That's true. It's Schrodinger's uh, first sort of bravos. Yes. He's both alive and dead, and I have decided he is alive. That makes me very happy. So there. I thought the episode, I thought it was actually summed up the best from what Tyrion said when he was talking to John towards the end. When he said, when he was talking about the compromise, and he was like, "Well, everybody's a little bit upset, so it seems like a good compromise." Yes. Like that's how I felt about this episode. Yeah. It was like it wasn't outstanding. I mean, obviously, we heard from that voicemail. People are disturbed yes. by certain elements. Nobody's like, but "Oh overall, my god, they totally nailed it!" I haven't like, heard that. It was a beautiful bow. Yes, and they did their best. Right. I wasn't mad about it. It was the kind I mean, of I'm bow though, that, a it was the kind things, of bow though that you tie it around your finger and then you take your finger out and it's still kind of loose because you couldn't quite get it right. But it's like you got to bring it to the party, so it's gonna. <laughs> he, but here's the, I, I, this has to be said that we long ago, certainly sometime in the middle of the season, stopped talking about the show. We are now talking about the show, people's reaction to the show. We're talking constantly about Benioff and Weiss as if we know these people. Right. We're talking is like this intense conversation about our own lives and our own expectations. Like Trisha just said, well, how do you feel? I mean, this is this long, long, long ago went beyond merely critiquing a TV show. Absolutely. Well, and did you guys hear about the petition? It was uh, people asking that HBO remake, I think, season eight with 
quote, competent writers. I have found that sort of, I guess, half, I don't know, significant fraction yeah. of Game of Thrones Entitled fandom, yeah. So annoying. Yeah. I just want to yell at them regardless of my opinions about whether they're right or not. <laughs> yeah, you I'm probably so, agree with most of their... <laughs> maybe, but I'm just so loathe to give those entitled jerks an inch. Yeah, yeah, there is a level of But it of fits the place like in our culture that so many other things do in terms of irrational fandom. Like yeah. you think about people's relationships to their favorite sports teams or... Yeah. Their well, favorite musicians or whatever. Like, that's part of what we do is we sort of get obsessed about something that's outside the realm of our natural sort of like day-to-day life yeah. so that we then but, I mean, think w- less about it. When I was a young man, people didn't express their irrational fandom by doing petitions. They just wrote weird pornography about characters oh. and put it on the internet. <laughs> Come on, guys. Well, I mean, there is – I mean, I do think – now I feel weird using the phrase fan servicing after you've discussed pornography. Well. But here we are. You know, I mean, we have talked about the most recent seasons of Game of Thrones do seem much more interested in what people think in terms of, you know, hamming it up a little and having fun with things, you know, I mean. But I've liked the campiness of it because I think that that works in the world of the show often when they do it. Yeah, I'm just saying I think that uh, can strengthen someone's argument that like this fandom has had a say to a certain extent. Right. That there's, you know, you can't. We've talked about this many times before. You can't help but sense that they know what we're saying out there. Like, right. To take an example, exactly. to take an example, a minor example, there's that joke toward the very end of the episode where Davos corrects Bronze yes. grammar. The Master of Coin looks forward to helping the Master of Ships, but first he has to ensure we're not wasting coin, or soon there won't be no more coin anymore. You master a grammar now, too. Grandmaster. <clears throat> right. And so what that's about it. is like, it. we know you loved back when Stannis yep. used to say fewer, fewer yep. and Davos picked it up from him. So here you are, everybody. Yeah. Throwing and, us bones. Right. And it might have been my favorite bone in the episode. What do you think about being thrown bones? Do you enjoy it? <laughs> and I mean that, of course, in the metaphorical uh-huh. sense. <laughs> I I thought that one was fun. I thought uh, everyone laughing Sam out of the, well, I yes. guess it wasn't oh, really yeah. a room because they were outside. Yeah. Do you want to, like, back up? Should we start, start from the, the beginning? Yeah, otherwise we're just never going to get this done. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So, but then it won't be over. And as I've said, uh, I'm fine with there not well, being Well, we anything. can just keep meandering through the carnage sure, of King's fine. Landing Apparently. if that's what yeah. y'all Slowly and quietly for a long time because yeah. that's how the episode starts. So, yeah, my note says, sad Tyrion among the ashes. Yeah. yeah. That's how we started. Feeling bad. It also, I mean, there were a lot of those early scenes where I was just sort of like, do we have time for this? That I was, like, <laughs> you know, chop, 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 chop. Let's go. <laughs> well, apparently, I, I actually stopped on my rewatch because I watched it twice and checked the climax of the episode, which takes, well, well everybody has seen it. Yeah. When, yeah. when John know, kills like, Danny, we, it's not like a spoiler. Yeah. Uh, happens 39 minutes yeah. in, which is a little less than half the length of the episode. Right. So it's, uh, despite, you know, his long walk through the ruins, they actually they got to, to pretty that quick. pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. The beginning the felt all... slow and then that felt fast. And then I went, all right, And then there were a now? number yeah. of false endings and then it really ended. <laughs> yeah. And, and they did that, I think, two or three times. Yeah. They went to black and yeah. held as it's if, like, hey, it's oh, over. Is this it? Oh, no. No, it's not. Yeah. I got laughed at last night watching with my friends because every time that happened after about halfway through the episode, I went, is that it? Yeah. I Indignantly and loudly. Yeah. And then they went, no. No, no. Like, no it's only more. Chill. Anyway. Trisha. So we have Tyrion seeking out his sibs. Yeah. A I did have a pe- moment where I was like, if Cersei pops out of this fucking rubble, so <laughs> help me God. Just like the classic, you know, hand you know, coming like, up. Yeah, ah, like, ah, 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 ah. I'm still here. 
Why, why did she? Why they did were she killed by only one brick each because exactly. they were only beneath yes. one yes, single brick. Yes, it was brick. a shallow burial. Very easy to find. Well, clearly that was so Tyrion slash Peter Dinklage could have that moment of mourning his sister. Because you think about it, how else would it work? Oh, my liege, my lord, whatever. Oh, Tyrion, the prisoner, whatever it might happen. We just found your brother and sister and they're dead. Yeah. And that wouldn't have been as powerful to have Tyrion looking, digging out and looking at their sad little yet seemingly intact bodies. Well, and as much as the conclusion of the story ended up being about the Starks, this episode really was Tyrion's. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, so much of it was from his point of view, was him arguing why things needed to be a right. certain way, why people needed to do certain things. And in a weird way. He had a lot of monologues. They, they, they knew, again, we constantly think about, I mean, we're almost like weird, like, you know, Doctors of the church trying to figure out what God actually wants <laughs> through the textual evidence. We're all like Thomas More. So it's like we're trying to figure out what they, the gods of Game of Thrones, Benioff and Weiss wanted to do. And it seems one of the things they wanted to do was to give certain characters, including most importantly Tyrion, a happy and satisfying ending. Mm-hmm. Tyrion ends up finally being the wise person who figures out the solution that works for everybody and he arrives at a position of power and happiness and so we're all like yay Tyrion maybe but that clearly was the intent (laughs) yeah so let's see from there Arya is no longer on the horse no we did get some frustrated voicemails about that what was the point of the horse I didn't miss I thought Uh, the horse was sort of an image it was like okay whatever that's fine Daenerys, that scene was so visually striking. Oh, yeah, with, with the, the, the wings. wings I, I almost said, please, but uh, it's a pretty sure. Is, is that like a visual echo of, I think, a scene from, of all things, Sleeping Beauty? Oh, Isn't sure. Isn't there like a Maleficent, a Maleficent thing? Yeah. Where, where all of a sudden these bat yeah. wings Maleficent emerge. AF. Yes, very delightful. much so. And not only that, it was also another, another visual reference, Triumph of the Will. As she stood on this great steps like yeah. Hitler addressing the troops. Yeah, that, that war-mongering rally was pretty terrifying. And that yeah. real big flag. Yes, yeah. the huge flag. And then like flanked by the flag and the dragon. Oh, yeah. Flag yeah. and dragon. The flag and the dragon. The dragon and the flag. And- Did you all notice I'm pretty sure Valyrian for Dorn is Dornut? <laughs> Did you all pick up on that? Was that a closed I, caption? I, I, no, it yeah, was cash- just, it was my, I could, I did have a lot of. Sparkling rosé. <laughs> so I could be wrong, nut. but I'm pretty Dornut. sure it Dornut. was doornut. Ten winter velva doornut. Uh, oh, I had a crazy thought, but I completely forgot it. But anyway. <laughs> no, also, w- the black armor she was wearing, has she had another costume change? Yes, Because she was she wearing her, her sort of northerly white robes the last time we saw her on top of the dragon. And now she's sort of changed into this cool, almost Sansa-like black armor, or actually Cersei-like, really. Yeah, yeah. Which, like, so how, when and where do these characters stop and do costume changes? I don't know. I don't know either, but there she was. Everybody's been talking about the turn in last episode when uh, Daenerys goes either insane, depending on your point of view, or fulfills the destiny that she was walking down all along. Or she at least fails to recognize the bells. Right. So she came out and it was, remember, we talked about the fact that you did not see her face after that initial decision. Mm -hmm. So you don't know how she was feeling. Mm -hmm. And we find out not only is she feeling pretty good about what she did, but she's like, let's do that again. Again, again, again and again. I mean, what she's basically threatening, and I think one of the reasons why they had place names in that speech from Winterfell to Dorne. From door here not. to there, door not. From Winterfell to door not. No long. Yes, it's now. From wet door to door. <laughs> exactly. No wet door is exactly. Thank you. That she's she's threatening people and places we know. Nobody ever makes it explicit, but 
you know, based on just that speech, that, for example, if Sansa did not bend the knee as yeah. Lady of Winterfell. Yeah, the houses are going down. The, the, the Winterfell would have been crisped to the same extent that Winterfell was, which, of course, makes John's decision coming up a little easier to make. Although I was surprised. I guess somebody said, you really think your sisters are going to go for this? But nobody said, do you want Winterfell to be reduced to smoking ash just like this city was? Because it's pretty clear that's what she's going to do. But it was remarkable to me how hard they went on um, – I don't know what's the what's the, German German scholars what's the feminine version of Führer you know that's yeah. that's where yeah. they went with it and I was like okay that's the commitment I I was I was maybe thinking that Danny would at least stop and pause to think about it but I guess or have even like a twinge of a what twinge. have I done yeah but but when you think about it as uh, Tyrion points out and that's something I really want, want to talk about yeah, that's, that's not her style She's yeah. never in the entire uh, series ever stopped and said, oh, I really shouldn't have uh, crucified but, Well, let's hang on. We, hang on. Hang she on. She chained her dragons underground right. for months, if not years, because they burned one child too many. Like, yeah. uh, like we saw, you know, the bones of one child get brought to her and Marine and then another. And then she chains up her dragons mm. because she was so ruined by the idea that her dragons were hurting children. Hmm. And that was just a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. That's a good point. Okay. So from there, we get John talking to Arya, which you just kind of hinted at. Right. She's everyone's queen now. Try telling Sansa. Wait for me outside the city gates. I'll come find you. John. She knows who you are. Who you really are. You'll always be a threat to her. Credit to Glenn Weldon, who in his NPR recap <laughs> said, very astute, Aria. Yes. No one else knows Danny's a killer. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> what was interesting to me was that the, 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 the button on that exchange was not, she's going to kill everyone you love. She's going to burn Winterfell to the ground or whatever, although, again, it's implied. But she's going to kill you, which for our hero, John maybe shouldn't be his primary concern at this point. That's not his style to act out of self-interest and self-preservation. But if he thinks that he's the only thing standing between Danny and yeah. his sisters, Danny and everyone else, if he thinks he can reason with her, which is what he's going to well, try to do later. Right. Danny That's and what's right. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. So let's listen to now we have the next scene where Tyrion is in jail. Again. Again, yeah. love a good Tyrion stuck Jamie. in a dungeon and or a, uh, what are the wheelhouses and a, or a box. He's yeah. often stuck yeah. in small spaces. Talking this people was a fairly nice one. It had furniture, even though he still that's sat true. on the floor. That's, that's what one, that's what you do <laughs> when imprisoned. You sit on the floor. When she murdered the slavers of Astapor, I'm sure no one but the slavers complained. After all, they were evil men. When she crucified hundreds of Miranese nobles. Who could argue they were evil men? The Dothraki calls she burned alive. They would have done worse to her. Everywhere she goes, evil men die, and we cheer her for it. And she grows more powerful and more sure that she is good and right. She believes her destiny is to build a better world for everyone. If you believed that, if you truly believed it, wouldn't you kill whoever stood between you and paradise? 
So intense. I actually, I mean, I I scribbled in my notebook, they saw it coming. And this is what I mean. So this episode presumably was written two years ago, right? And it was produced and shot and edited, say, they finished it six months ago. I have no idea how the schedules are, but a while ago. And that conversation that, or rather that speech that Tyrion just had was absolutely an echo, a replica of the debate that's been going on between us, between thousands of recappers and bloggers and tweeters, making those very... I made the same argument last week. Look what she did. (laughs) And you guys said, well, she deserved it. I mean, it's almost... No, it's not almost as if. It's Danielle and Weiss, the writers, entirely anticipated the objections that people were going to have to last episode. And they laid them out. And here's Tyrion saying, well, I'm not going to say he agrees with me, but I certainly saw this line of argument saying – Tyrion saying, look, she's – this is who she has always been. And when she's done it before, we all said, well, that's great because they were evil men. And then uh, was there a line in there that she tends to find evil men wherever she goes? Wherever she goes, evil men die and we cheer her for yeah, Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's – that was a very sort of – I'm not self-aware, not in the sense of Tyrion being self-aware of himself – but aware of how we have reacted to her as a character. Well, and the tagline of the show being all men must die. Right. Wait a minute. What does that have to do with anything? That she is the one who is killing all those men. (laughs) Yes, that's true. (laughs) And then when she runs out of evil men to sort of, you know, take out of power, then nobody – it's like the conversation they had earlier too where they were like, what is is your legacy going to be? What's the succession plan after you take power – and you realize, like, oh, no one has thought about that at all. Yeah. Yes. Not even a little bit. Nobody no. has a plan beyond winning the war. Yes. And, you know, except for Sansa. And, and <laughs> so did you all notice there's a moment when John and Tyrion are talking just after this clip. They start talking about love and how love overpowers reason. And Tyrion says, we both loved her. Or yeah. something like, I you loved her too, not as successfully as, as you. That was, was a, a you got to bone the queen joke. That was much. that, right? Remember we talked about this, the shot, I guess, at the end of season seven of Tyrion outside the door of their stateroom yes. where they were making the family with two backs. And um, and Tyrion had a face, had a look in his face. And some of us were like, was he jealous? Maybe he was a little. Yeah, I thought that was a weird thing to throw in there. Well, it kind of, it I mean, it, it's also true that, let's face it, that a lot of people who followed Danny around professing their loyalty to her because she was a great queen had a pretty serious crush on this very attractive young woman. Yeah. So Tyrion talks John into doing the deed. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Do you now, it's straight from there to John yeah, meeting her it's the next near scene. the throne. It's the next scene. And um, so a lot of questions. Uh, when do you think John decides to do it? Do you think that he walks into the throne room thinking to himself, well, maybe I can reason with her. Maybe she will express some regret. I mean, it's, 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 it's possible to think that if she said, I don't know what came over me. I, I just thought about Missandei getting her head cut off, which is, by the way, something yes, that John offers to Tyrion, yep. right? To, well, she just saw his best, her, her best friend. Her got shot get, out of the sky. If it wasn't for all of that, I, I don't know. I, I just snapped. I'm so sorry. John probably wouldn't have gone through with it, right? But the fact that she was like, yep, did it. And yes, I did order my my troops to kill the prisoners because that has to be done. And we're going to keep doing it. Right, John? We're going to do it together. And that's when he's like, yeah, Tyrion was right. Yeah. It's a moment where they could have had sort of a Jamie Cersei like, we are the only ones who matter. We know what's mm-hmm. right. We are the ones. And Danny was right there. But John was like, nah, no, no. that's not. I don't want that responsibility. I don't want that power. 
I did I did think that the amount of uh dragon we got in this episode, both the ash covered napping dragon. That was pretty cool. <laughs> was napping kind of dragon. fun. Yeah. So was it ash or snow at that point? Yeah, it's because it I mean was it was so also ambivalent. snowing. Right? It was snowing. There was well, there was way too much stuff on the ground for it to be ash. Yeah. But clearly it was ash and snow. Yeah. And a number of people, I-, I went online and said, oh, this was this was the meaning of that vision she had in season two where she's sitting and we thought it was snowing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out it was the ash of the city that she was going to burn someday. And somebody wrote back and said, no, it's snow, indicating that Jon Snow right, will take the throne. That. And I said, that's silly. But <laughs> Jon Snow is the person who kills her at yeah. that moment. Yeah. In-, in the vision, of course, somebody pointed this out. She walks up to the throne but doesn't touch it. And I think it was Steve Johnson at Chicago Tribune who points out that in the episode last night, when she does touch the throne, when she puts her hand on one of the sword hilts, it's, exa- it's exactly the same spe- spot that she was going to touch it in huh. the vision but didn't finish. She also sat there in the vision with her dead husband, uh, Cal Drogo, who came back, little Jason Momoa cameo in season two. And maybe that is indicating that in the vision she was there with a the man she loved who was dead. Hmm. I don't know. You get well in the. I kind of thought the throne was going to zap her. You know? A zap, a yeah, zap? a little zap. Like it a is booby trap. Yeah, it yeah. is interesting. Like, One last uh, Cersei booby trap. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. There, there was this legend that I don't never know ever come up in the show, but that uh, that the legend was that if you were an unworthy ruler, that the swords and the yeah, chair exactly. would it's cut like the you. sword and the stone. Yeah, you it would know? cut you. And I yeah. wondered if it went that way. When John did the deed, when he stabbed her, what was your reaction? My reaction was already. Because I honestly, mm. I saw that coming, especially with all the lead up. I just thought they'd take longer in the episode yeah. to get to it. I wrote, holy shit, this is exciting. Oh, so you were like into it. Well, yeah, we, yeah, we got to keep this. Got to keep this moving. Yeah. We I guess since it, since it was by design so inevitable, it's best that they got to it sooner and rather yeah. than making it, rather than, you know, namby paying me around. Well, and the fact that it was John who did it. Yeah. I kind of liked. I mean, you know, I think he's just always been so oriented toward what is right and this was the right thing to do. Right. It was. Even though he was conflicted about it later. Was it hard for him to do? And this is where I'm going to get into my one major I criticism. don't know. I mean, my whole thing, I never believed that they actually loved each That's other. That's the problem. That's exactly yeah. it. Because so much of it is built on the notion that John, by doing this, is making a huge sacrifice, killing the woman yeah, he loves. Yeah, I don't believe that. Right. And we've talked about that even though it was clearly designed to make it seem as if they were deeply in love – None of us bought it. And I, by none of us, I mean the entire viewership. For whatever reason, they just never made that work. I never bought that he actually loved her. I never bought that she actually loved him. Yeah. Despite all the writing and acting and scening and and making out in Dragonflights. It was like, nope. And and that leads me to – I'm so loath to criticize these guys, Benioff and Weiss, because so many people have been doing it in such an entitled and awful and whiny way. But <laughs> – all due respect. <laughs> All due respect. The one thing that I think the episode missed was a sense that sense of sacrifice. That yeah. John should have sacrificed more to do this. And I think I'm gonna go out on a limb. I think he should have died. I think I mean yeah. they wanted to give John a good ending. Yeah. But so many of the things that a lot of people have already criticizing, like why didn't the Unsullied kill him immediately? Why were they so willing to yeah. say, okay, he can leave? Right. It's because John's the hero. He's been the hero from episode one. We've followed him. We've watched him die. We've rooted for him to come back. He's the underdog. He's the underdog. He's He's the Harry Potter who grew up in the cupboard under the stairs. He's the hero. And they didn't want to kill the hero. But I think if they had, 
uh, then I think people this morning, we're obviously talking on Monday morning, would be happier with it because yeah. that would have been a more Game of Thronesy thing. I was ready for Dragonfire and or the dragon to just take yes. him out right then and there and be really excited about that and excited about that cut to black yeah. where you could have basically had the rest of the episode function almost exactly the same, right. which is – all right, so the person who said they were the queen and who had taken the city by force, gone. The other person who's the hypothetical heir to the throne, if we believe yeah. Bran and yeah. Sam, also gone. Okay, well, everybody get together. We're going to have a meeting because right. we don't really know what to do now. Yeah, right. well, and in a lot of ways that would have made more sense because the whole idea of, of like punishing John for killing her didn't really seem to track either, right? Yeah, it's I like mean, everybody, I mean, the Unsullied. Don't had, people as, kill I mean, kings I re- and queens I, all the time and I, then get to be king. And, like, isn't that what this whole show is about? Isn't that how you become king or queen? Yeah, and, so you as, kill the person who is doing it my, badly? As one of my favorite recappers wrote, it was either Steve Johnson or Glenn Weldon or Alyssa Rosenberg. One of them pointed out that the, we had just seen the Unsullied executing men who had followed Cersei's orders. And for some reason, the man who... And he must have confessed because how else would they know? Oh, John. Oh, John. Sweet, sweet John. Sweet, sweet John. Yeah. The man who, who literally just assassinated their queen. They A dragon put... took the evidence of the murder yeah, away. Yeah, we, yes. I do want to discuss that. Yes. He just, they just put him in a cell and wait. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, that was hard to believe. Well, but I guess in the, in the scenario where, I mean, again, the Unsullied aren't just soldiers. They are completely brainwashed right. soldiers. And so they do exactly as they're told. Right. And there's no one to tell them what to do. Well, there's yeah, Grey Worm, and Grey Worm was the person who was literally slitting the throats of the soldiers on his, on his queen's order. So I I would have easily yeah. – and, and there was a lot of tension between them the last meeting to begin with. They were just about to go, out of, go after each other. So the idea that Grey Worm somehow decides that um, – that Jon Snow just killed the woman who saved his life, gave him an identity, freed him and his friends, quote unquote, doesn't immediately go crucify that son of a bitch, uh, is hard to believe. We didn't have time to see how any of that played out because what we needed to do was have 15 minutes of Tyrion walking the same streets that we saw Arya see at the beginning of the episode. Instead, like we Again, you know, there was time. And Monday morning quarterbacking. There was time. Had yeah. we wanted to, instead of cutting from the murder to three months of beard later on everyone's faces, yes. the passage of time via facial hair. I actually was staring at Tyrion's beard going, how much longer is that? And at the standard average male rate of growth, he's somewhat hirsute. <laughs> we could have seen, like, you know, if John had not sort of encountered the Unsullied on his way sort of out the city gates and was, like, surrounding himself with Northmen and, you know, there was some sort of negotiation where Davos tried to convince them to put him in prison. Like, we could have seen all of right. that. Something happened. All of that happened. Right. Yeah. But a show that is, you know, used to showing us interesting sort of, you know, uh, interpersonal politics just skipped over all of that. Right. Can I tell well, you we what? we had to I'm put sorry. a bow on it. Can I tell you, know? you what? I'm sorry. I, can I tell you what I think I would have been a better ending? I, and I hate that I'm doing this. If, if they had asked me Go on. and mm-hmm. they had the chance, I don't know why they didn't. Um, John kills Danny. You are led to believe that he is about to be killed, crucified, strung up because they're banging at the door. The unsullied bodyguard, which why did they leave her alone in there in the yeah, first she place? Did, yeah, she had a lot of guards. And John, the dragon flies up. The dragon sees that Danny is dead. The dragon is upset. John walks over, sits in the throne. The last Targaryen monarch finally takes the Iron Throne. Who's going to sit in the Iron Throne? It's John. John then says to the dragon, Dracarys, and the dragon melts. Ooh, I like that. Everybody. John, yeah. the throne, then the dragon, which was, by yeah, the way, a legit beautiful shot yeah. of yeah. the dragon picking up the body of his mother and flies off into the darkness. That would have been. And then, as you said, Tricia, everything else could have played out the way it did. 
the, the, the council trying to figure out who should be in charge, even the final shot of the, of the wildlings led by Tormund Giantsbane yeah. going back to repopulate the north in an echo of the first scene of the first episode where the children and the families were killed would have played. Might womp, womp. Womp, womp. Yeah. I think John could have, should have maybe yeah. died. But we, you know, maybe that's too brutal even for Game of Thrones. Maybe. I just, I, I, I'm thinking about what endings have I loved and what are my two favorites? Uh, Breaking Bad, we've talked about, mm. because basically Walter White gives himself up and gives up his life to undo some of the damage he's done. And another great one, which made me legit cry when I read it out loud to my kids, was Harry Potter. Yeah. Because Harry Potter decides that in order to end the evil, he has to die. And he accepts it and he walks into the woods and he dies. He comes back because it's a kid story. <laughs> but he does it. He well, thinks he's going to be dead forever and he does it yeah. anyway. And that was powerful. And that last chapter at the train station yes. with his kids. Oh, it's very sweet. Is also beautiful. It's very sweet. But the reason it's sweet is because he did what he had to do yep. at the cost of his own life. And that makes it, that was a very satisfying ending. Yeah. And that's maybe what was missing here, that act of sacrifice. So from that scene, we see Tyrion being much hairier in jail. Grey mm-hmm. Worm gets him. And then they go to the summit, which was another sort of fascinating, like, oh, we're going to wrap up a bunch of questions. Oh, yeah. People had Without to ride in from spending time. the yeah. corners of the continent for right. a few weeks. And, and I don't know whether this was fan service or bow tying, but this was wrapping stuff up. Yeah, Hey, guys, really you've was. been with us for almost a decade. Now we're going to wrap everything up. Except for Cyril Pharrell, who's still alive. <laughs> totally alive. <laughs> I really loved Sansa telling her uncle to sit down. That he was tried to recommend himself to the, be king. Not only the single greatest moment of this episode, but one of the greatest of this show. Uncle sit down. <laughs> it was so sweet. And, 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 and Tobias Menz is like, Tobias, we need you to come back for an episode. Great. What are you going to do? Get a laugh. He's like, I'm on it. Here I come. The thing where he bonks the... Yeah, yes. It was down without his so sword bonking. good and awkward and perfect. <laughs> it was great. This is also the scene that apparently a water bottle was on the floor. Yes. For those of you who are keeping tabs you'd on th- that. You'd think that after the debacle of the great coffee cup of Winterfell, it would have like <laughs> taken a week and gone through nah. it and looked at every frame to make sure there was nothing to digitally erase, but apparently not. So this is also where we get to... Sam proposing democracy. We represent all the great houses, but whomever we choose, they won't just rule over lords and ladies. Maybe the decision about what's best for everyone should be left to, well, everyone. <laughs> Maybe we should give the dogs a vote as well. I'll ask my horse. <laughs> uh, white men laughing at letting other people make decisions. Uh-huh. Can we patriarchy jingle all of them? Yes, yes, we can. So ladies, be quiet. Peter Sagal is the worst. There was at least one dusky guy laughing, just say from Dorne. Uh, Who knows? Who were those guys? And when were we going to find out? There were at least two completely unidentified guys. The closed captions yeah. even said, like, man number two. Really? Man number three. They yeah. don't know either. <laughs> Nobody told them. That's hilarious. I, 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 I've always been a big fan of Bronze Jan Royce, who's the guy who was sitting next to Robin. I wrote in my book, oh, yeah. Robin, Rob, it's Robin. Robin Aaron. Because that guy's been around for Didn't so long. Didn't need to see him again. He gets I like, was so glad to see him were again. You? I'm always That's glad funny. to see him. He gets like three lines per season. 
Somebody said they wanted a spinoff with him, and I was like, zero percent. <laughs> I mean, I don't want a spinoff, but I was like, hey, look, it's Robin. Hey. It's Robin. Looking, looking. Get the band back together. Somebody said he was kind of Neville Longbottomy, which I mean. Like I that think he got hot? Mean. Is yes. that what you mean? That's yeah. what I think they mean. That I did is not know. what it, that is the verb of to Neville to, Longbottom. Oh, really? It's to, well, it's I, just I, to I get hot. to mature from a very awkward child into a, yeah, a handsome. Yeah, into like a very nice looking person. Can, yeah. can women Neville Longbottom? I think so. I mean, there might be, yeah, a different analogy you would use it's maybe to princess diaries someone yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Okay. probably anne hathaway <laughs> yeah. yeah usually just involves contact lenses Apparently. yeah and tweezing eyebrows yeah. yeah yeah it would have been a shame like someone just takes off robin aaron's glasses and says why <laughs> oh my why god you're, handsome? you're beautiful <laughs> it's yeah, like exactly. steve urkel and stefan urkel <laughs> yes. We're getting lost here. So we're still okay. at the council. So we're still at the council. Um, With and yes, people we know and love and some extras. A yes. bunch of uh, older white men deciding that democracy is not a good idea. And right. so then they decide to nominate somebody who has done very little to help right. overall. And and the, the person and who did the least work on the class project gets and, the prize. And he leads into that as it starts that speech about stories. stories What's yep. more powerful than stories? Yep. Who is the best? Do we have that? Yep, we, we sure do. What unites people? Armies. Gold, flags, stories. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. Nothing can stop it. No enemy can defeat it. And who has a better story than Bran the Broken? The boy who fell from a high tower and lived. He is our memory. The keeper of all our stories. Who better to lead us into the future? What did you all think about? I mean, my main thing was like, they kept referring to him as Brand the Broken, but he has been so careful over this season especially to clarify that he is no longer Bran because he is yes. a three-eyed raven. Right. So this felt He's a little... He's not even a person. I don't it's a know. Like I was Prince sold deciding on it. to go by the symbol and then being like, "Nah, you can call me Prince again." It's, it's exactly like, like that. Yeah. Well, especially be especially if it's like you can call me Prince again to get this really cool thing that I've been pretending like I didn't want, but now that uh, I why mean, do you what think did I, I make come him here all this for? way? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just he, he launched into that monologue about the power of stories, and I'm like, what? What bullshit? What commentary? What stupid philosophizing? I am me... going to go onto my podcast recording session talking about this TV show that I'm totally obsessed with to thousands yeah, of other people yeah, who are right. totally obsessed stories. with it and say, ha, this bullshit about stories is who just that. Fuck about stories. Exactly. I yeah. Am I right? Stories. What TV show you want to talk about next? It reminded me a lot of. <laughs> Samwell talking about, well, I, no, I guess it was Bran talking about the Night King and why the Night King wanted, what yes. the Night King's Because our history were. and our memory is what makes It's all us about human. stories. Yeah. Did you see that? I always ask you guys this question because I sure didn't. Did you see that coming when the camera, I think there was actually a pan down the characters. Who's it going to be, right? And then it stops on Bran just as he says, Bran the build. Did you guys see that coming? Uh, I My guess was that it would be him because he's sitting in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sitting directly in the Good middle. Good one. Um, and also that everyone else would potentially have like a self-interested right. uh, sort of that is approach the thing about to the Bram. question. And so <laughs> it's, it's a little bit like, well, if I can't, if it can't be me, yes. who do I want it to be? 
Like, if you're not allowed to put your own name in the hat, yes. yeah. whose name do you put? The person yeah. who's the least threatening to you. Right. Which, yep. for most of those people, is probably Bran. It was a little yeah. less convincing than when Samwell convinced everybody to vote for John as commander of the Night's Watch. I just rewatched that episode, Aww. like, a few days ago, and that was a very nice little speech you it made. It was. It was. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, th- I think it, it worked. And also, I had a little bit of the same reaction of, oh, boy, this is the moment where you become very self-aware of the fact that stories are written by writers and writers think stories are important. Yes. Yes, yeah. It was like, okay, I get why y'all are saying this. Yeah. But and also... That's fine. Like, I, you can give yourselves a pat on the back. I love stories. But also, yeah, yeah I love stories. <laughs> and I think they're right. I think that, you know... Uh, the you know it's it's a common refrain in great stories because again great stories are written by great storytellers who want those things to be what matters and and it the idea of like the pen being mightier than the sword is kind of a nice idea because it means actually that any of us could create change or have an influence on the world around us um if we you know are a part of the right story um but it also yeah the whole three-eyed raven business yeah. i couldn't get around from the internal that logic at that moment that he, yeah. was, that he was almost humanity he yeah was, and he had worked so hard to disconnect himself from yeah. all of his allegiances which i guess to your point could make him a better ruler than a lot of those people right but i just it made like i thought that he would be sort of like the ever knowing person behind the king helping out right. is kind of what I, or king or queen you yeah. know that but yeah i just found that to be although Tyrion's point surprising. that he's without question the most knowledgeable person in westeros oh, totally. and he also by virtue of the fact that he has a no ambition and b can have no children makes him a very safe choice yeah yeah i'm not mad it's about a temporary it temporary like, there's, there's a certain logic to this yeah it was i was just yeah i guess i just didn't we also that. skipped over an incredible leap of logic where they're like, well, what are we going to do about John? How are we going to decide? Well, we need to pick a king to decide. And Grey Worm says, okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's Worm's what Grey like, Worm's going to yeah, do. Yeah, Grey is like, I'll just listen to whoever you guys decide. Okay, cool. That's cool. No, no problem. No. All right. So let's talk about that and much more in just a minute. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. We are back to discuss this episode. But first, I just want to remind everybody this is actually the last week that y'all can get some awesome Nerdette Recaps Game of Thrones with Peter Seigel tote bags. Help support public media. These will be very valuable Right? Somebody actually sent us an email yesterday saying, I can't wait to receive my tote to carry all of my hurt feelings for John. (laughs) There you are. Yeah, this tote bag can fit feelings. It can fit wayward coffee cups and water bottles that have no business on sets. good one. It can fit books if George ever writes them. Uh, (laughs) So many things you could put in these tote bags. And you're helping support awesome stuff made here at WBEZ like Nerdette Recaps. If you want to find out more about that, you can go to our Instagram and actually see pictures of the tote bag. Just look for Nerdette Podcast. Okay, so let's listen to Tyrion and John now that John is in jail. The Unsullied wanted your head, of course, but Grey Worm has accepted the justice of a life sentence. Sansa and Arya wanted you freed. But they understand our new king needs to make peace. No one is very happy. Which means it's a good compromise, I suppose. Was it right? What I did? What we did. 
doesn't feel right. Ask me again in 10 years. I appreciated the fact that John feels bad. I appreciated the fact that there's no triumph. I appreciated the fact that the, 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 the John's question, did I do the right thing, was answered perhaps in the best way, ask me in 10 years. Because yeah. right now it seems like we're in a better place than we would be if Danny was in charge and starting her next war of conquest. Well, you and, never I'm, know. and I'm glad they didn't lean in too hard then to him saying he loved her and mourning that, you know, yeah. like he was more upset, it seemed, about sort of the moral quandary of what he did and wrestling with yeah. that, which to me was much more believable than she was the love of my life. What yeah. have I done? Yeah, we wouldn't have bought We that. would have had such beautiful babies. I, also, I will say they would have been attractive <laughs> if short. <laughs> I, I liked, too, that Tyrion tried to shoulder some of the blame there, what we did. Yeah, Not what John yes. did. Yeah, um, because he's like, no, I, I, I talked you into it. Yeah, I talked you into it. I am as much the one who sort of stabbed her as as you are. Speaking of stabbing her, a lot of people I saw were complaining about the way that was shot that you didn't get to see him stab oh. her. But I'm like, it's okay. And first of all, I appreciated the fact that it was close on their faces during the entire sequence. I think it was one shot until he lays her on the ground. I'd have to go back and look at it again. Which I think if you're going to do that shot, it's better than backing up and seeing, you know, the stab. You just look at her face as she well dies. So I have a question for y'all. Yes. How much do you think John being a Targaryen mattered in the end? Oh, I think the dragon would have <coughs> definitely killed him at several points had he not been. That's probably true. Certainly that explains why the dragon, it's the only explanation you can think of why the dragon didn't get angry and flame him, either when he was walking in or after he had done the deed. Although it was weird because he, considering the parentage of Jon Snow was such a deep secret laid in there That's by George the R. R. Martin yeah. so long ago and such imp- so important to the plot – that in that he never actually gets to, and that's why I think sitting on the throne and then asking the dragon to flame him would have at least been an active recognition yes, of that. I feel like it, it just, would have closed that loop it, it a just, little better. It just becomes irrelevant. I mean, nobody ever right. says, "Well, we're going to." Nobody even says we have to exile you because you're a Targaryen and we can't have you around. Nobody even like right or you're the rightful up. heir or yeah. anything. It's it, just that you killed the queen, yeah. so you got I mean, it. The only go time it becomes relevant in this episode was when. Uh, Arya makes the point accurately that you will always be a threat to her because you're of a more rightful claim. Yeah, Tyrion says it too. He's like, you think I'm the last one she'll execute? Right. Who else is a threat to her? Right. But, that, but as we said, that seems he weird as a motivation bucko. because he would <laughs> say bucko. He would have. It would have been good. I could, Peter Dinklage could have pulled that off. Um, he would have introduced the term to Westeros. It would, it, like I said, that was a strange note that it seemed like all they were saying was she's going to kill you, man. You better do something first. Even though, as you said, Trisha, earlier, that there was the implication that without him around, she would be even crazier. So, I also thought it was interesting that they, in that scene with Tyrion and John, in a similar sense, are quoting um, uh, Maester Aemon, who gave up power. Right. Who was a Targaryen. Who was a Targaryen, yes, who, who gave up power. Grandpa, right? uh, or uncle-ish thing. Related. Person? Related. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> the somebody, nerds will, somebody will, figure will that play out. us alive. Somebody yeah. figure that if out. If I had like 10 more seconds, sorry. I could do it in my head. Yeah, I could no, do the family I, tree. But I respect your... Somebody type up a detailed email, email explaining to no, us the relationship. No, don't. It's and okay. then delete and it and good. go outside. We're good. Yeah, go Enjoy outside. Enjoy the sun. Yeah, yeah the don't spring. send it. We're good on those. We can look it up ourselves. It's just, you know... In the moment. Um, so what did you 
think of I think people were the most upset about John going to the Night's Watch from what I could tell. My brother was very upset. He sent me a number of texts. Why was he morning. upset? Well, partly because like what's the point of the Night's Watch at As this John juncture? Says, is there still a Night's Watch? Right. Which there you isn't. Know, well, which, th- right. There's nothing to watch against. The right. Night King is dead. The Wildings are real cool now. It's yeah. also Tyrion's greatest sort of uh like sort of trick on everyone is like he's like oh he needs to go do this thing that he like that he doesn't knows still doesn't exist, exist anymore. Yeah. Maybe that is what, what he's well, basically freeing him to the north to go hang out with his dog and his best friend. And the thing is, I mean, he even said two episodes ago when he said goodbye to Tormund, "I wish I could go with y'all." Mm-hmm. Yes. So I mean, he didn't look super happy in the moment. Yeah, there there was a there was definitely lingering shots as we're moving now to the very final scene of the yeah. very final episode of this whole series of him marching north with a surprising number of children. Where did the children come from? Mm. But clearly, it was meant to indicate again that since we one of the very first images of this TV show was a murdered wildling child. The idea is that we're repopulating, we are returning. There's that shot of that literal green shoot yep. coming out Winter of the snow. Is over, Winter is over. Winter is over. But yeah, even though they seem to be marching forward uh, a continuing life and a, a life of life, I guess, John seems <laughs> ambivalent about it. He he doesn't smile. He looks back. He looks around him. I mean, I think... I guess want... it would have been weird if he had just started beaming. Yeah. I mean, there is a sense that he's leaving the world and going into exile and will never return yeah. as his sacrifice, which, again, I don't think was sufficient. But I think they meant it that way. Yeah. So, Sansa... You gotta be happy about Sansa. And and one of the things I've been thinking about is supposedly George R. R. Martin had these endings for these characters in mind. We've all been told that he that he always knew where they were gonna end up, meaning that he knew Danny was going to end up being a mad Targaryen or at least a a, a mass murderer, if perfectly sane. Uh, and that Bran would end up being king, which makes more sense when you think about, somebody pointed this out on Twitter, that the very first point of view chapter in the first book is Bran. Is Bran. is a prologue, which is the Bran watching Robert Baratheon upride the Winterfell. So you start with Bran, and that chapter ends with him being thrown off the tower. And then to think that that's the guy who's going to grow up and be king is an interesting thing to think that this young girl Danny who we meet when she's innocent and abused and scared grows up to be the great terror of the western world is interesting yeah uh, and to think finally of Sansa that shallow ignorant many ways foolish girl grows up to be as many people have pointed out the only person who knows what she's doing <laughs> in a leadership position yeah is a uh, humiliating to me because I used to make fun of her for being an idiot and I was totally wrong. <laughs> Everyone always underestimates teenage girls, You're but we absolute... grow up and <laughs> then we are badass. I, I, I would – if I could call the patriarchy jingle on every stupid thing I said about Sansa like in prior seasons, I don't I would. think it's too late. Let's do it. All right. How many minutes has it been since Peter's mentioned Harvard? What a colossal tool. Thank you. I deserve that. First, my, all the doubt I ever said about Sansa. So if you think about like those three characters at least and you think about that's where they were going all along, whether or not, at least in my mind, you can argue with the timing of the beats, I think it's all pretty satisfying. Yeah. That Bran ends up being king, that Sansa ends up being queen of the north, that Danny ends up being who she ended up. And uh, I guess maybe John? I'm not sure. I'm not nearly as sure about his ending as I, I am about the I feel pretty three. good about John. I think – that also the baller move of 
waiting for everybody else to say Bran should be king and being like, sure, 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 yeah, you get to be king, but not of me. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally an older sister move. Yeah. That is You're that not is the king of me. Yeah. Uh, we haven't I even mentioned Arya. So. Yeah. She's a pirate. She's a pirate. She's, or as, or as my friend Bess Kalb said, she's Arya the Explorer. Mm. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> the woman is good. There is some concern about her becoming a colonizer on the internet. Well, we don't know where she's going. She doesn't have like an armada of conquering. I'm just saying, I'm just putting that viewpoint out there. She's heading, I mean, I was thinking about that, particularly in the conversation that we three have had about the fact that she's basically a psychopath. And whether or not that's literally true anymore, she certainly isn't fit for the company, for polite company. Well, I mean, the thing that I really loved about Arya's storyline is that I really wanted her to shift from being an assassin after that conversation with the Hound. Otherwise, I thought that yes, that conversation didn't about that. matter. That, that may be her yes. return to and especially life. her walking through all of that horrible carnage afterwards and seeing the burned bodies. To me, I thought it would be really interesting for that to result in some very serious character shifting from her no longer being interested in just murdering a bunch of people. Yes, and that seems to have and happened. And it seems to have happened. Yeah, she she gave up the list. She's ready to go check she out. She feels some like cool her family stuff. is safe. Yeah. Yes. And so yeah. And, and, and that's kind of lovely. And yet she removes herself. I mean, because I mean, I, I think about that moment where she runs into her her was it Nymeria? Who was her direwolf? I can't yeah. remember who's who. And she's like, "Come back with me to Winterfell." And the direwolf's like, "No." And she says, "That's not you." And I feel like this decision is like, "I ain't going back with any of you. I'm, that's not me." And I mean, the decision to leave the known world is rather extreme. I mean, she could have said, ah, I'm going to go hang out in Essos. I got some friends I want to hang out with or, or whatever. Or there's whole parts of the world I haven't seen yet. Like I haven't, I've never been to Pentos or whatever. But no, she leaves the known world, which is a, a somewhat self-aware thing to say. Well, I also kind of liked it because what I really wanted Arya to do was become a Buddhist. And I feel like this is kind of close. In a weird way, she's left the earthly things behind. Exactly. Almost by literally leaving the earth. But I feel like the very intentional shot of the uh, stark, stark sigil boat. on the yeah. sail. Yeah is the idea that she's not leaving as no one. She's leaving as, as Arya. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah, what did you guys think about the, the, the commonplace complaint that we never saw her, gosh, I don't even remember the last time, it must have been when she killed Walder Frey, that she never, she has, since then she hasn't put on somebody else's face. Well, she never used that superpower yeah. she acquired. I mean, I think, Trisha, you said it a while back now that the showrunners are just not super comfortable in the magic stuff. Or they just seem to avoid it or, as you know, opposed to yeah. leading to it. I mean, it. I just think, like, the, Except for dragons. Bran could have worked into something. Arya could have used her face stuff. Like, there are a lot of, you know, John, like, something could have happened with the fact that John came back from the dead. Like, there were a lot of things that were potentially super magical and mysterious that just never came to fruition. It I seem, think, it you seems know, to me that, that didn't bug me. It seems to me that they wanted to put all that aside. And, and and sort of take that all away from the characters, their magical abilities, their fireproofing, whatever else, and just have them work it out as human beings, which well, in general I, I, yeah. I think is smart. I mean, they, they use the magic whenever they needed it, like well, to share information. Magic ex machina. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what I know, but I mean to say in, in this final episode, yeah, yeah. that they didn't want anybody to use magic to solve a problem in the end. Right. Um, yeah. and, and I think that's uh, fairly fairly smart. Well, and I hate to say it, Peter, but the thing you said several weeks ago about how the real Game of Thrones is the friends we made along the way. I know. That's kind of true. It's kind of nice. It is. We're all here. I can't believe that I'm about to say these words aloud. I agree with Peter. Huzzah! <laughs> there Thus, it is. the Game of Thrones has ended. 
Oh, sure. Call the end of the game at the moment when you pull ahead. I'm no fool. It's over. It's done. Taking my bog, taking my notebook, and going home. He does have so many notebooks, you guys. I do. I have a lot of notebooks. You do have a little pile over there. I know. And someday I'm going to look back on this notebook that I've kept for this last season and go, what the hell was I doing with my time in 2019? (laughs) Wow, I feel like, I mean, I don't want this to end. I I actually don't want this episode of our podcast to end because that means we can't do it anymore. Although we do have one more coming up. We will have one more episode and it will come out next Tuesday afternoon. We're taking Monday off because Memorial Day, but we'll be here for you on Tuesday. Yep, we will. If you want to weigh in on this conversation in the meantime, you can use the hashtag NerdetRecaps. We have a pretty sweet newsletter. You can sign up for it on our Facebook page. Just click the blue sign-up link. Many thanks to another Greta named Regretta13, who left us a nice review on Apple Podcasts that said, this is my all-time favorite podcast. Greta also bought the tote bag. Thank you, Greta. Thank you, Greta. I love great Gretas. The show is produced by us with help from Justin Bull. Our executive producer is Brendan Banaszak. And our theme music was composed by Andrew Edwards of Blue Police Box Music. Is anybody None of us want leave? to leave the room. Oh, All right. No, We're going to leave the room. I have to go do my other job. No, you hang head. up. No, you hang up. No, it's <laughs> no, you hang up. Speaking of teenage girls, that's exactly who oh, we all are. This is terrible. Goodness. All right. Thank you, guys. Ah, thank you, you always Peter. accuse me of it's wanting to get fun. the last word, but I'm going to say this, and then you can insult me, so you can have the last word. Are you sure this isn't just you getting the last this word? This is not the last word. I'm warning you. It's not even the last I'm episode. I'm going to say this, and it's not even the last episode. I'm going to say this, uh, and then you can say whatever you want to me, okay. and you can have the last word. This has been so much fun. I have enjoyed this so tremendously much. I am so thrilled that you guys agreed to do this some years ago, because it is an absolute fucking joy to do this with you. It has been super fun. You're the best, Peter. You're Aww. not the worst. <laughs> Stannis. Is oh, the worst. weird. This is weird. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in depth, long form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.